Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to the Absolutely Not Podcast, where we do the most and the least at the same damn time. I'm your host, Heather McMahon. Ladies and gentlemen, ferrets, cats, I don't know why. I keep naming all your friggin' weird pets. Cats are not weird but your dad is. That's what's up. It's another episode of the Absolutely Not Podcast recorded live from West Hollywood, California. Your girl's back. Touchdown from the ASIA Asia. That's right. Baby. Thrilled to be here. Honestly, gotta be honest with you. Fresh off the Asia trip, a little jet lagged, woke up at I'd say 3.45 this morning, I knew the mistake was touching my phone. I knew if I looked at anything bright for two seconds, it would just completely wake me up. And sure enough, I rolled over to see what time it was and I was fucked. So I've been up speedballing since 3 a.m., thrilled to be here. I'm recording live from the WeHo Edition Hotel. It's a really nice, fancy, modern hotel brand. So shout out to them, not sponsored, just letting y'all know where I'm at in case you want to stalk me skin me, wear me, and then, I don't know, turn it into couture, baby. That's what's up. So this is a solo episode. My buddy Chris and I were just doing 15 Days in Asia. I know you guys really loved the episodes with him. He is a doll. He's my producer on the road. We are in the works of doing so much more. We're about to announce a lot more tour dates. You have to stay tuned for that. We're finishing up all of the logistics this week, and we'll be announcing that soon. Your girl didn't stop. You know, and for a lot of y'all who were wondering, like, well, Heather, what the fuck were you doing in Asia? Let me break it down for you. Absolutely, yes, to see in the world. Okay. I'm just trying to be out there and thrive. Really and truly, and I think I've explained this before, but this year is going to be packed. It's going to be crazy. I'm planning for a wedding. We're going on tour again. We've written TV shows. We're fucking doing the most this year, not the least. Already sweating and tired. Also, I just want you to. <laughs> I need y'all to visualize this real quick. Okay, when we were in Thailand, I got some custom-made things made. I forced Chris to get two new tux jackets. We're going to the Tonys this year. He said I could be his date. So I'm just also getting, I want like a historical timestamp on this right now that I said it first week of February that Chris told me I could be his Tony's date. So if for any reason at the last minute I get disinvited, uninvited, y'all heard it here first and you absolutely, yes, can send him death threats. Do you know what I'm saying? Just letting y'all know. But speaking of getting custom made things, I got this beautiful, all over Asia, I kept trying 
trying to buy these. The proper word is kimono. This is not me having it like a Kim Kardashian skims kimonos moment. It literally is a kimono. It's like a silk jacket. They wear the same type in Thailand, in Vietnam, all over. It's just like a silk, beautiful, kind of like billowy sleeve. Y'all know what the fuck I'm talking about. I don't need to like break it the fuck down for you. Anyways, I took Chris to this place. We got him two ducks jackets made. And then I said, hey, I've been dying to buy a real silk like robe. So I picked out this beautiful red silk fabric. Of course, I was just going to buy one they already had made, but it didn't come in my size. Like imagine taking a kimono robe and wrapping it where it only wraps up maybe one tenth of your body little alarming. So I had to make me a custom one and it's beautiful because there's this moment growing up, my mom had a gorgeous, she bought it at Neiman's. She had this gorgeous, like really real, beautiful, soft red silk robe and it, hers went to the floor. I made mine a little bit sluttier to the knee. My mom was just so glamorous. Like she could literally have cereal on her face, be getting two kids ready for school and she just looked like a model. And I was like, I need this 80s moment. I need this 80s moment. I want to feel like Robin with a tight body, just like running around with kids. So I had one made, but I also had them make me a little nighty. And I just want you to know I'm wearing the nighty. It's beautiful. They did make this a little bit oversized. My tux jacket fits perfectly. This though, right now I'm sitting in this beautiful chair in my hotel room at the WeHo edition. And my full left titty is just hanging out. When I say like, you know, like when you see a woman in a nighty and her the little spaghetti strap just falls down gracefully to the left. No, no, no. Mine, just my entire titty, like giant areola is just hanging out of this right now. So this is really and truly just really how my life comes full circle. My mom, who had perfect titties, still has perfect titties, even at 72. Shout out to Robin's breasts. I know this sounds weird, but absolutely yes to just naturally great breasts. Mine right now are trying to dip into my belly button like a chip going into ranch dressing. My nipple is looking at my belly button like, can I get in there? So needless to say, I thought I was going to feel like a silk, just fucking 80s goddess in my little 90 and my wrap and my titties are just out of control. They've got a mind of their own. Absolutely not. To when your titties just do their own damn thing. I'll tell you what, some days do you ever look in the mirror and then look down at your titties and go, hey girls, it's like you got two twins. Hey girls, Madison and McKenzie, can y'all just fucking wrap it up today? Can you behave? Can you not periodically, like at three o'clock, just start to itch randomly? And you know what's funny? When you have big titties, I'll tell you this right now. I don't wear turtlenecks. I don't wear turtlenecks because one, my neck is so fucking thick. It looks like sausage being pushed out of the casing. It literally looks like my face is the tip of the link and it's just being pushed out of casing. But also turtlenecks, if you have big titties, turtlenecks make you look sluttier than if you were wearing just booby tassels. I don't know what it is, but there's something about just because it's so tight and the turtleneck just sucks at your neck and it just makes your boobs almost throb. Do you know what I'm saying? So when everyone's like, girl, be more conservative, wear a turtleneck. I'm like, honey, I look my sluttiest in a turtleneck. Also, why did I just use the word throb? Absolutely, yes. I think I'm a little sexual. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm horny. I miss Jeff. He's rolling in today. He's been at a fucking golf tournament in Scottsdale all weekend. So I'm going to see my boo. I've got this oversized red. It's a fucking geisha nighty. Like, (laughs) 
I'll just be honest. I've got my 90. I got my tux jacket. You know, the idea was I went in. Okay, you're probably like, Heather, why'd you get a tux jacket? Well, everybody needs like a really nice black button down. You know, I have the shoulders of an offensive lineman. Absolutely not. To the fact that I really can't buy things off the rack. Everything's got to be tweaked, tucked in, something of the sorts by a tailor. So I will encourage you, if you go to Asia, find a great tailor. Literally, this guy, Nick, made me a custom tux jacket. And honestly, you know what I did? I went on Zara.com and I was like, this is what I want, but I need you to make it for my size. And he made it in 24 hours and then delivered it to my hotel room. And it was, guess what? Out of like a real silk, like tux, like high-end custom fit to my body, $200. $200. Now you're probably like, oh, okay. But no, custom things are like $800. When Jeff's got to get a new tux for the wedding. Oh my God. And he's doing this thing where I love him, but he's like, I'm going to lose 40 pounds and then get the tux. I'm like, I hear you, but let's just go ahead and start getting fitted for the tux. And then we can just take it in as we go. Do you know what I'm saying? Trust me. I got fitted for my wedding dress when I was on my bloatest day of the year. Because then I'll feel good going into it and then being like, wow, (laughs) we got to take this in. (laughs) And you're like, you bet your ass you do. My parasite finally kicked in three months later. Hold on. I'm going to have a sip of my English breakfast tea. Hold on. Mm. Okay. Let me tell you a little hot goss from Asia. Okay. I tucked my titty back into my little nighty, so everybody don't be alarmed. But you know, that visual... It's sexy. Here's the deal. So a lot of shit talking amongst the different Asian cultures. So I just want to say when I went to Asia, I felt really good. Like honestly, like less guilty about uh, the cultural divide in America. I don't participate in cultural division. You know, I love everybody. Always have, always will. Shout out to living your best life no matter who and what you are, but it was wild. Okay. So the Chinese new year, let me back up. Tensions were already high. Now y'all kept sending me fucking videos and messages. Don't get Corona bitch. Not trying to absolutely fucking not to the 6,000 messages I got. I'm wiping Lysol and covering my mouth, but also I wasn't making out with a Chinese dude from Wuhan. Okay. Now, do I feel great coming back? No, I'm taking it easy. But everybody here in fucking LA has a flu right now. It's half a dozen one or the other, bitch. Okay, Cheryl, I got your message. Did not purposely get on a bus, go to Wuhan to deep throat a man named Mr. Chang. Shout out to Mr. Chang, though. Hope he is feeling better. Here's the deal, though. So everywhere we went, we were in Thailand, Vietnam, Cambodia. All of the Chinese people travel for the Chinese New Year. It's like us traveling for, you know, fucking Fourth of July. We are out. We are thriving. Our tops are off. We're letting our freak flag fly. So that was a concern. Yes, there were a lot of people traveling from Asia, specifically China. So we were around a lot of Chinese tourists, which was, it buttered my biscuits a little bit. I, You know, my asshole clenched just a touch. Wasn't going to profile anybody, though. However, being in some of these resorts, like talking to people in the staff, like the Thais talk shit about the Vietnamese. The Vietnamese talk shit about the Chinese. Everybody talks shit about Koreans because they're classy and like have tons of great plastic surgery. But everyone was talking shit. But let me tell you, mostly, mostly though, everybody talks shit about Chinese. And it was wild. It was alarming. Like to the point where I'm at like a really nice hotel and like the guy checking me in is like the fucking Chinese. Am I right? And I'm like, what? 
and he was Asian. You know, like when somebody else says something and you're just like, uh-huh. Like, I didn't know what to say. I fucking panicked. I have enough white guilt in my life and I've never really fucking done anything shady. You know what I mean? I'm from ATL where everybody chills. But you know, when you like feel guilty, and you're like, oh, fuck, am I supposed to laugh right now? Like I literally, I fucking clammed up. I didn't know what to do, but it was a very, very strong vibe. And I think it was just tensions were high because of coronavirus. So everybody was like, God damn it. These fucking Chinese, like literally that was verbatim what a Thai woman said to me when I was in this dress shop getting this thing made. And I was like, yeah, uh-huh. And, but I didn't know what to say. You know what I mean? Like I'm white. If somebody's like, God damn it, those fucking New Englanders, I can say, uh-huh, I get it. I get it. People from Boston are reckless. Like I can say that. You know what I'm saying? A white to white, P to P, peer to peer. Maybe you do W to W. Hey, white to white, you need to behave better. But I couldn't. It was A to A, Asian to Asian. I, I'm not chiming in here. This is your battle. You know, I'm sitting back with a bottle of fucking sake though and gonna watch the shit talking go down. It was culturally, guys, it was fucking wild. So I just want everybody who's been kind to somebody who's different than them to give themselves a pat on the fucking back because guess what? You're doing okay. It's all around the fucking world, guys. It's not just America. I know we got our fucking problems, but for the most part, I know that 99% of people who are listening are kind to other people. There's 1% of you ass turds that are just the fucking worst. I know because you slide into my DMs and tell me things like, hey, could you get more freckles, you fat bitch? And I'm like, you know what? Bye. But for the most part, all of us are really genuinely just funny and kind and thriving. There's 1% of you asshats that are bad to the bone to your core and not bad to the bone like you need a churro while rollerblading without a helmet on. Do you know what I'm saying? Like that's fucking badass. I'm talking bad to the bone like you've got bad bone marrow because you're a bitch. You're a bitch. New phrase, bone marrow bitch. Like if you meet somebody and you're like, you know what? I don't trust it. I'm a Pisces. We're about to come into Pisces season. And I very much so feel people's energy. Not like, oh, the moon is a waning crescent or whatever the fuck. It's a waxing, waning moon. No, I can look at somebody and know whether or not they're covered in the armor of God. Are you a good person? Do you have a solid core? We may not hit it off A to B, W to W, P to P right away. But genuinely, I can find common ground with anybody. But if I think that you just like bad to the core, I'm gonna call you a bone marrow bitch. That's my new phrase. Hey, you know what, Michelle? You a bone marrow bitch. Not my Michelle, not my producer, Michelle, who's gonna be listening to this editing it. Michelle, you're lovely. I'm just using that name. I've met a couple shady Michelles in my life. Like I would say it's 80, 20. 80 the worst, 20 the best. Michelle, my producer, shout out to you. I love you. She's the best. But you guys get what I'm saying. So, you know, maybe if you meet somebody, you got a crazy relative, a weird aunt, an Aunt Linda who just fucking stirs the pot. And you know, you know that she has obviously stolen money from the trust from grandma. She did something shady. She's a bone marrow bitch. <laughs> it is what it is. Y'all, I woke up at three o'clock in the morning. I've only had English breakfast tea and I'm fucking thriving right now. I don't know what's going on. She's back. So I'm mind becoming a tea person. There's a couple things that happened to me in Asia that have changed me. One, the tea consumption. Another thing, shout out to the Chinese. Learned this from one of my Thai waiters at one of the hotels. I said, it's very interesting when you sit down next to a family of Chinese, they order 
everything on the menu. And then they just take a bite. That was the biggest thing that we heard was they're like, they're very wasteful. I, of course, texted my best friend, Raymond, who is half Chinese, half Mexican. And I said, hey, boo, you better get to Thailand because you got to step up. They talking shit. And Raymond was like, I get it. (laughs) So... I'm going to bring him onto the podcast next week because he and I have to like hash some Chinese things out. We got to discuss a few things. But the interesting thing was they carry tea everywhere. And you know, okay, what the bridge drink tea, it's a very colonial thing, whatever. We're all drinking tea. But I was told by another sweet Chinese lady, I asked her what kind of tea she was drinking. She said that they only drink hot beverages. Now I'm sure they drink water every now and then. But for the most part, they mostly drink hot teas, hot beverages, because they believe it helps with obviously your health and with your metabolism. And I'm like, no fucking shit. No wonder I'm built like a fucking snuffleupagus because I like that ice water. And listen, I've moved up to room temp because I'm so European, but some days I like a cold, crisp ice water, plain and simple. Now, if I'm in a meeting and they're like, would you like ice water or room temp? I go room temp because sometimes ice water, if it's really icy, will numb my tongue and then I start getting a lateral lift. You know what I'm saying? But that was the biggest thing I learned. And legit, one of my girlfriends in Vietnam told me, she's Vietnamese, she's fucking fabulous. Shout out to Anne. Anne said that they're really intense. Like they are very judgmental on fat people in Vietnam. She said that if you're a woman in Vietnam, and you're like over 120 pounds, they're like, woof, buzz your girlfriend, woof. So you guys think the body shaming's bad in America? It's bad in Asia too. So I really took away from this trip, I don't feel so bad about myself in the sense that like everyone talks so much shit about America, but every single person we met was like, what's going on? Where do you live? You know what was wild? When we were in Vietnam, some lady had no idea what New York City was. No idea. I just show her on a map, showed her Lady Liberty, still was stumped. And in that moment, I was like, that's right, Gucci gang, fuck yeah. You are literally authentically Vietnamese. You know what I mean? That was great. But tea, I think I'm going to step up my tea game. My mom used to be a big tea connoisseur, again, with her tight titties and her long red nightie. And I think I'm cold brewed out. You know, I was traveling with Chris. He has a medical condition called cold brew colon. He has to have three cold brews a day, preferably from Starbucks. Let me tell you, throwing him under the bus for just a second. And let me say, we really, and he's on the podcast this episode, but we really had a great time together and we do get along. Like there was maybe like 10 minutes where I had like a deep eye roll on the trip. But for the most part, we really had a great time. We stayed in the same room. Like we just did the damn thing. But we just, you know, when you find somebody that you travel well with, we just travel well. And there are moments where I tell Chris, I'm like, Chris, take a step back, take a breath. Then there are moments where he's like, Heather, look both ways, crossing the street or you're going to get hit by a car. You know what I mean? We just ebbed and flowed. But he drinks so much coffee. And I kind of got to the point where I was like, listen, it doesn't matter. You know, I tested the Vietnamese coffee. That's fucking angel dust, crystal meth, PCP, MDMA. And like fucking mojo all wrapped into one. Oh, side note, speaking of mojo, a lot of y'all been asking me about that. He needs some milk. Go on YouTube, type in he needs some milk original video. It's really fucked up. It's a video of this guy who is on something. He's on PCP. We don't know what he's on, but this woman is doing commentary. He's like freaking out. I mean, I'm talking like exercising the demons. And I didn't originally know that that was the original video because this phrase, oh, 
he needs some milk got twisted and put on a ton of viral memes like two years ago. But I watched the original video and in this video, this woman's saying, oh, that guy's on Mojo, which I don't even know what the fuck Mojo is. I mean, there's ayahuasca, there's magic mushrooms. Honestly, though, if I was in a nightclub and somebody's like, you want to do some Mojo? I'd be like, fuck yes, doggy. All y'all going to Peru to do ayahuasca when you could be on that mojo? Mojo sounds like something that your fucking cousin Dylan like created. He's like, you want some mojo and moonshine? You're like, fuck it up, Dylan. It's Thanksgiving. Let's take our pants off and get weird with it. That's what mojo is. But in the video, the woman is watching this guy like panic and his girlfriend trying to hold him down. I mean, it's a wild video. It's a for sure demon possession video. But her commentary in the car, she rolls down the window and she just goes, oh, he needs some milk. Somebody get him some milk. And it's just the funniest fucking thing. Like this man is clearly having an outer body experience while on, I'm going to guess, angel dust. And her response is, oh, he needs some milk. It's such like a grandma response. Just get a glass of warm milk. He'll be good. So anyways, that's why we're saying that all over Asia because it just makes me laugh. But you know what the coronavirus needs? They need some milk. Get it together. Y'all, let me tell you, that flight home was fucking rowdy. I don't get afraid on airplanes with turbulence. My family, my dad was a pilot. My grandfather was a pilot. I used to fly in the tiniest of planes when you're like bumping up through the clouds. But I think I've started ever since I had my little ovaries on an airplane situation, I've gotten a little PTSD from flying only in the sense. And I never want to say this because I know so many people are afraid of flying. I've said this and I'll say it again. My dad used to always tell people who were afraid of flying, he said, hey, the pilots and the crew want to get there just as safely as you want to get there. So when people are like, oh, I'm afraid of flying, I'm like, well, if you think that the pilot is just dicking around up there because he doesn't want to get home safely, then you're out of your fucking mind. But we hit some turbulence and we're in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. So we had just left like mainland, like gone over Japan. So we're in the Pacific Ocean for like eight hours. We hit some turbulence and we're in an Airbus A380. Okay. I'm at the top deck, business class, fucking thriving in my lay down bed. This boat was fucking rocking. So if it woke me up, you know, it was intense and it's just air. And I could hear the air because I was next to the window. I could hear the air going over the wings, but it was wild. And I think I've just had this moment since I had such a scary situation on an airplane that for some reason I just get anxiety. It's not that we're going to have a situation. It's just being on an airplane for some reason has gotten me a little jacked. So when we hit that turbulence, I mean, I'm talking it was intense for like two hours. I ordered a glass of champagne. I said, let's fucking ride doggy. So that's why I'm so jet lagged. I didn't get any sleep. The service on Korean air was so incredible. The food was amazing. If you get a chance, there are Sky Team Alliance with Delta. Fly Korean air. It was unbelievable. Truly unbelievable. I talked about this before, but it's just a great airlines. But um, I had my asshole clenched and my fingernails clenched for about three hours. So I couldn't sleep on the flight. That's why I'm so jet lagged. I basically landed at LAX, hadn't slept in 21 hours, trying to, had to lay down bed. But literally, it was like being on a bad cruise ship. You know what I'm saying? And there's nothing you can do. It's just air. I think the thing though is when I used to go flying with my dad, my dad had a Cessna 182 and a Beechcraft Baron. Our Cessna was a tiny, like a little four-seater. And we would pop through clouds. I'm talking like pop like popcorn, like brrr, like truly just bebopping around. 
sky hopping, cloud hopping. When you're in control and you're sitting up front, it's like a game. You're like, this is fun. I'm on a roller coaster. But I think when I'm in the back now, because I had this situation where I couldn't control what was happening to me in the moment, even though it had nothing to do with the actual plane itself, it had to do with my body like shutting down on an airplane. I think it just makes me anxious. And I never have been that person. I'm like a put me on the front row of a roller coaster. And maybe the Kobe thing threw me off. I don't fucking know. I'm not trying to justify it. But I literally had like a bout of like plain anxiety. And I'm like, this is fucking weird. Maybe I just want a moment. Maybe that's what my body's craving. I really genuinely think like we had so much fun in Asia, but it was a lot. Like I was ready to come home. I wasn't ready to come home in the sense that I needed like my creature comforts. I just, when there's coronavirus being blasted all over the fucking TV and there was just something where I was like, I want to be home. I want to be home with my honey. I want to see the Italians dying tonight. I want to bite his little butt, put prosciutto on his neck and just, you know, that's what I want. I missed my honey and I got a little anxious. And so when we landed, I said, God is good. I'm glad to be back. But I am taking away a couple Asian lifestyle moments. One, I used to never take off my shoes. When I would go into people's homes, like, can you take off your shoes? I'd literally do the deepest eye roll, an eye roll to the point where it like knocked the back nape of my neck. But now I get it. Like everywhere you go, you go to a palace, you go visit the king or the queen, you're taking off your shoes. It makes sense. And, you know, whether it's a feng shui thing, it's just a hygienic thing. I mean, fuck, they don't have Clorox wipes in Asia, but God damn it, they took off their shoes and I respect that. So I like it. I'm going to get a very luxe pair of slippers. If anybody has some slipper suggestions, if anybody's a slipper manufacturer and you're listening to this podcast, whoever has the slipper hookup, I want to get a really cool cubby. I'm going to go to Home Goods. I'm going to get a fabulous little cubby, you know, keep it very chic and a place where if you come over to my house, I'm going to give you the softest, most breathable, most wonderful. I got to do my slipper fucking research. And I'm going to have you relax. I am. And I think you know what it is, even more so than just drinking the tea, wearing the silk robes, taking the shoes off. It's like, you're at my home. It's a mixture of Southern, I'm doing Southern hospitality, but Southeast Asia hospitality. It's called C-S-E-A, Southeastern Asian hospitality. And that's what I'm working on. You come to my house, just like we do in the South, we give you a glass of iced tea. But instead, I'm giving you hot tea because you're fat and your metabolism is slowed down. I'll have an Earl Grey. I'll have Western flavors for sure. I'll have a chai tea though too. You know what I mean? So I just want you to know, if you come over to my home, this will probably last six months, maybe a lifestyle moment. Maybe I've matured. Maybe I'm ready for a full change. But right now, I'm going to commit to six months You come over to my house, you take off your fucking dirty ass fucking shoes. I give you a beautiful slipper. I'm going to even order some kimonos, some robes. You want to come over, you want to take off your top and just put on a silk robe and let your cool breasts just feel the breeze. Girlfriend, be my fucking guest. And I'll give you a warm glass of tea and maybe even find a nice Thai woman to just, you know, put her on the payroll and see if she'll come rub her feet. There was a beautiful moment at a lot of the Anantara. Shout out to Anantara. They're just a great hotel brand, luxury hotel brand in Asia. Every time you check into their hotel, they do a beautiful foot ritual ceremony where they'd scrub your feet. And honestly, after a long day of travel, it's just very welcoming. And you know what? That's what Jesus did. You know that? Do you know that Jesus would wash other people's feet as a disciple to say, hey, let's, I'm going to wash your feet. You've had a long fucking journey. I will not wash your feet if you come to my house because you're all fucking filthy. Okay, I'm not going to do that. I will, however, though, give you a beautiful robe, 
a warm cup of tea and uh, some slippers. And that's about as far as my Southeast Asian hospitality goes. I like this. Guys, we're coming up with catchphrases. See hospitality. Bone marrow bitch. If this career doesn't work out, I'm going to go into advertising because I'm just quick. I'm quick with branding. I'm quick with the marketing. I'm tooting my own horn. Toot toot. I'm really good at branding. I'm really good at it. I'm just letting you know. I'm good at like being good. I casually interrupt this episode of the Absolutely Not Podcast to bring you a message by one of my favorite all-time new brands out there, Biosense. It's the best skincare. I've been using them for about nine months before they even became a sponsor of the podcast, and I've been obsessed. I'm here to talk to you about the Lactic Acid and Squalene Resurfacing Night Serum. I'm telling you, you put a little bit of this on your face at night, you wake up looking like Claudia Schaeffer on her first day of work, baby. It is like you are refreshed, ready to go. Since I got in my 30s, I realized that I need to use something that's got a lactic acid because it's going to resurface it. Basically, you got to slough off the dead skin, baby. Not only do you have to get rid of the haters, but get rid of that bad skin that needs to come on off. Squalene, and if you don't know about that, it's like, I basically would say it's nature's breast milk. It is the most wonderful, hydrating, magnificent serum, if you will, that I have actually been using on its own for a long time and now put together with the lactic acid by Biosons. I am feeling like a damn friggin' supermodel. Here is the deal right now. If you try the overnight results, this rapid yet gentle resurfacing treatment helps you get the most out of your sleep, revealing more luminous skin by the morning. I'm telling you, it's only 10% vegan lactic acid, clover and squalene. It's going to be amazing. You're going to feel refreshed. You're going to feel like, honestly, you took off 10 years of your life. Well, not of your life. I'm sorry, on your face. You know what I mean? Like if you're 40, you look 30. I don't even know what I'm trying to say here. I'm just so excited about this product. Here's the deal. All you have to do is shop Biosense. It's B-I-O-S-S-A-N-C-E.com. Use discount code absolutely not 20 for 20% off. Again, that's absolutely not 20 for 20% off on Biosense.com. Check it out yourself. I also love their squalene and peptide eye gel, and I use that all the time. So I'm just letting you know, these are products I really use and I love them. And now back to the podcast. Hello, I'm Helen Johannesson, the owner of Helen's Wines in Los Angeles. This is Wine Face, my podcast that breaks down the ins and outs of wine to an easy, digestible, and more snackable level. We are dropping new episodes every Thursday. So grab a glass of wine, gather some friends, sink into the bathtub, or listen to me on the go. Every Thursday, Wine Face drops. Please subscribe, rate, and review. Can't wait to hear from you and for you to listen along. Okay, I just need to say this right now. First and foremost, I will without a doubt get back to the voicemails. Here's the deal. I've got thousands of voicemails I need to go through. I'm going to be recording an episode in the studio live tomorrow. My producer, Michelle, and I are going to sit through and go through these voicemails. It's really hard to do it on the road because when I had spotty Wi-Fi abroad, I just couldn't download the voicemails. So I'm going to get back into the voicemails. So if you haven't hit the hotline, call in. I need some new updated absolutely nots. I'm going to be back to the regular schedule program. I know I said it last episode, but I want to do it right. I want to get back into the studio and and just get to those voicemails. Let's get back to absolutely not. But really and truly, because I've been traveling and you know that this podcast is more than just, it's not fucking lifestyle. It's not health and well. Well, maybe the fuck it is. I don't know. Maybe I'm not giving myself enough damn credit, but we're all the things. What I'm absolutely not about 
is people who are the worst. What I absolutely yes am about is living life to the fullest and encouraging one another and being kind to each other and fucking seeing the world because guess what? The world's waiting for you. (laughs) I just telling you, if I have my own travel show, I'm going to end every episode. I'm going to look dead into the camera, A to B, P to P. I'm going to go, hey, hope you enjoyed this episode of Heather Abroad. Go out there and see the world. Because guess what? She's waiting for you. Make her a she, feminize it, because it's going to be a travel show really about women. And then I'm going to wink at the camera. And then the camera is going to slowly pan away. And then, like, you know, it'll pan from my face. It's like the Arc de Triomphe. You know what I mean? And then I'll be like, Paris, with your bitch, Heather. <sighs> Sometimes I'm so talented and creative and thoughtful. It's hard being in this skin. There are days where I'm like, how do all of these amazing ideas, how can one person be burdened with this much creativity? And then I split my pants getting into an Uber and I realize God keeps me humble. He does. He really friggin' does. Absolutely, yes, though, to being back in the States. We got a lot of work to do, guys. Like I said before, though, this was a little trip since the whole year is going to be an absolute shit show. I said, hey, I've got two weeks. I want to go see some shit. I knew that I wanted to do Asia. And I'm getting married. I'm sure I'll have kids in the next, you know, whatever, couple of years. So I want to do this. I want to do this little friend trip and go see some shit. And we just had an amazing time. Oh, fuck. Let me tell you about absolutely yes to one of the best meals I have ever had in my entire life. If y'all have ever watched the movie Chef's Table. There's a very famous chef named Gagan and he is Indian by birth. He lives in Thailand and he has a restaurant called Gagan, the number one restaurant in all of Asia. So he recently broke off and opened his new place called Gagan Andand. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, but I got to eat at his restaurant and it was 25 tasting course. Guys, I can genuinely say, y'all know me. I'm a fucking, I hate the phrase foodie, but I'll eat anything and everything. I love to have a cultural experience and sit down and eat some shit. This was the most incredible night of my life. The presentation, the vibe. Gagan came up to us and I just had such like a rock star, like outer body moment because he's just, you watch his episode of Chef's Table. The restaurant that he shows on Chef's Table, he branched off and created a new place, but you need to watch that episode. Out of all the Chef's Table episodes, that one just like gets me deep in my core because this guy is just so full of like joy and he's funny and he comes from such a hard background, but everything about him like all these chef's table episodes are always usually so serious and he's just fucking funny and full of joy and so I had been tweeting back and forth with him for a couple years and and we got to go to his restaurant and he came up to the table and he was like so excited to meet me and that was an outer body experience and I don't know if I'm supposed to say this but we went to the restaurant. One of Chris's friends from NYU is a part of the royal family in Thailand and she's just the coolest, most badass chick. So we went to dinner with her and he came up and he was making jokes. He was like, oh my God, I didn't realize you were coming. And then was somebody from, from like the royal family and I was like, I didn't either. This is fucking crazy. And he just treated us just like, it was just the coolest thing. It was such an experience. So if you get a chance to go to Thailand, please, 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 please go to Gagan 
Andon. Again, I'm butchering the last name. It was one of the coolest experiences. It was like a four hour dinner and it wasn't unapproachable food. And that's the biggest thing. He was like, I'm so sick of fucking fine dining where everything's so stuffy. Like I just want people to have an amazing experience. And I truly left that meal in tears. Like I had to take a cigarette break and I don't even smoke, but y'all know I love a vacation cigarette. I had to ask the Psalm, the fucking sommelier said, dude, do you have a fucking menthol in there? Because I need to go outside and have like a spiritual, like one tear moment with my lone cigarette and my Montenegro, which if you've never had Montenegro, it's amazing. It's an Italian like after dinner drink. It's fucking great. Anyways, my point being is I just had a great experience. So we had this amazing, fun, like full trip. And then to end it having dinner with my new friend, Mai and getting to meet Gagan and just having that experience. You know, it's like you got fucking 11 Madison Park in New York, which is the number one restaurant in the world. And I actually haven't been to 11 Madison Park. I know two friends that work there and I'm going to come in, I'm going to do it. But that's dinner jacket stuffy. You could have probably walked into Gagan in a G string and he would have been like, fuck yeah. We sat up in the dining room upstairs. We still had an incredible experience. But downstairs is the G spot where he cooks in front of you. And it's very like, it's kitschy and cheeky and a play on words. And they call it the G spot because it's where, you know, you bring your lover or or your partner or whomever. And you go down there and you have an experience and they play your favorite music. And it's just, it's fucking rad. So shout out to Gagan for just giving me one of the coolest, raddest experiences ever. And I feel very blessed. That's how I got to end my trip. And then I literally, the next morning, there's so much smog in Thailand. I go, get me the fuck on an airplane. Mama needs to go home. You know, and let me tell you what, we went to fucking, oh, why am I cursing so much today? I'm so sorry. I have four auditions today. My anxiety's through the roof. I landed, God is good, richly blessed, but I do. I have a lot of work to do. I basically landed and now I have to be like, okay, let's go try and impress people and convince them to give me a job. Did I already say this on last week's episode, but apparently somebody left a review I don't know why I'm I'm not going to end on this. I'm just going to say this. Somebody left a review who had listened to my podcast and they were like, she complains about her career a lot. And honestly, absolutely fucking not to whomever did that. I don't think you understand. Every job is a job. Richly blessed. But I'm also still at the point in my career where I'm constantly having to prove myself to everybody. People are like, oh, you have auditions? Every actor has auditions unless you're you know, fucking Brad Pitt and he has an audition in 65 years. I'm still in the scrappy state where like I have to drive from Burbank to Santa Monica at 4 p.m. on a Wednesday and try and hope that I get 10 seconds in front of a casting director who will give me a fucking job. Whoever commented, the only negative feedback we've gotten from the podcast is somebody was like, she complains about her job. I'm like, oh, right. When I'm on tour and I'm fucking telling y'all not to piss and shit yourselves at my show. No, that's me being like a PSA public service announcement. I don't know why I just got triggered by that, but it just fucking pisses me off. If you worked, I've said this before. If you worked at fucking T-Mobile, you're going to have things that you need to talk about. I'm not doing Marvel movies making $40 million yet. Never say never. I look great in Lycra. Big shout out to Marvel. But I'm still like, life is fucking scrappy. The road is hard. It's wild to me when people are like, you're on tour. Why are you complaining? Because it's a lot of fucking work. I want you to imagine working 
like no days off. I don't get off stage and then turn it off. I get off stage, go home to my hotel room, record a podcast, then get up at 6 a.m. the next day and fly to the next city. I'm not like hanging out in Houston for a week, fucking whining and dining. Do you know what I mean? Road life is fucking hard. Traveling is hard, whether it's for pleasure or not. I'm truly blessed to be back in LA going auditions and doing shit, but they also are working me to the bone, doggy. You know, I don't know why that just pissed me off. It just fucking pissed me off. I'm blessed to be able to do what I want to do so then I can travel for leisure. But we were also, like I said, doing a little research and development on this trip to try, I don't know, maybe have a travel show. I feel like there need to be more women in the travel space. I really do. I'm sorry I said it. The only person you have is fucking Samantha Brown. And I don't even know where that bitch has been. Remember Samantha Brown in the travel space? She always had on a light powder periwinkle blue pashmina. You know, you had Rachel Ray, 40 bucks a day. You could easily do 40 bucks a day, but only in Asia. Inflation in the rest of the world's killing us all. You can't even do that in fucking Tulum anymore. Margarita's $13. I'll tell you what, after spending a lot of time in Tulum, used to be my favorite place, just go to Asia. Go to Koh Samoy. Go to the PP Islands, where you can eat the best food of your life for $6. Stay at a seven-star resort for like 400 bucks a night. If you did that in Mexico now, you try and stay at the Nobu Los Combos, it's three grand a night. Get the fuck out of here. Absolutely not. Anyways, I'm sorry I was triggered by my one bad review. I just, it irks me. It, I'm like, the whole fucking point of this podcast is for us to sit around and bitch and have a conversation and to get through life. A to B, P to P, peer to peer. Shut it down. Oh God. Okay. Side note. Some woman commented, I put up this photo of these people at the airport who put giant plastic trash bags over their bodies and their babies to protect them from Corona. Here's the thing. Some woman commented. Okay. But let me backtrack. I got sent that photo from a friend of a friend who works for infectious diseases in Cambodia. And she sent that to me. She has a friend who works there and she was like, this is real talk. Like wow, someone's traveling right now. I put up the photo on Instagram and everyone was like, holy shit. Because the whole point is it's fine to try and protect yourself. That's great. Cover yourself, wear a mask, do whatever. Even though we are finding out that the masks basically do not cover anybody from any sort of germ, especially when it's viral. Like if you're already sick, the mask will hopefully cover you and stop it from you putting germs on somebody else. But you wearing a mask is not going to cover you from getting anything. So these people have giant trash bags over their faces. And I put up the photo and someone goes, wow, can't believe some family trying to protect their own on a vacation is ruining your vacation. Oh, is it cramping your vacation? And I literally, and she goes, hashtag unfollowing. I literally sent the woman a message to go, how the fuck is this cramping my vacation style, bitch? What are you talking about? I posted this because these people are going to asphyxiate in the fucking plastic trash bags. Did we or did we not learn this? And I don't know, the fucking first grade. You're sitting in the little cart with your mom while she goes around the grocery store and you take one of the vegetable little, you know, plastic bags that you swipe right. Your mom's putting lemons in a bag and you take one of them and you put it over your head to be funny to your sister. And then the entire grocery store shuts down and starts screaming at you. I've been there. I've done that. The whole point was this. I was saying absolutely not. I'm here for you trying to protect your family. You won't even be fucking alive to get on the airplane. Because you put a plastic bag over your head and tied it. These people are going to be dead by the time they get to the ticket counter. What? Oh my God. 
I'm sorry this is cramping your vacation. It's not fucking cramping my vacation, you dingleberry Cheryl. Did you read? Did you look at the fucking photo? Oh my God. Women are crazy. Speaking of crazy women, y'all, that Julianne Huff thing that Jackie Schimmel and I were bitching about totally went viral. Like literally fully went viral. The fact that I was quoted on comments by celebs really makes me feel like I made it. But I did watch, a lot of y'all suggested that I watch the Goop episode of Julianne Huff when she's doing the energy healing. Here's the deal. At the end of the day, if anything makes you feel better, do it. I, I am all about holistic wellness. You know, I believe in the Lord, all of the things. But there's something about Julianne Huff. I've said it before. I said it on Instagram. Go back and watch the Tony Robbins documentary on Netflix called I'm Not Your Guru. And in that documentary, they interview Julianne Huff and Derek Huff who go to Tony Robbins' absolute bullshit, go find yourself. Tony Robbins basically convinces everybody at these meetings that they've been molested. Whether you have or you haven't, he basically, after every little session where someone's breaking down, he's like, you were diddled. And the people are like, was I? Maybe I was. Like kind of to the point where I'm like, Everybody was molested. Most of us, yes. But there was like a handful that maybe just had alcoholic dads. <laughs> You know what I mean? I am fully here for all the health and wellness and do what you got to do to be a better person and be a better person out in society. But when you watch the documentary, Julian and her brother are there. And I literally think they were doing R&D research and development, taking notes. How can we swindle people into buying into this? Because when you watch the documentary, you're like, fuck, these people are paying Tony Robbins three grand a weekend for him to just basically yell at them. So my take on all of this is if Julianne Huff needs that exercising of the demons energy work, good for her. But I just, I really feel like to get in depth on this, I need to bring Jackie Schimmel back on the podcast or I go on hers and we have a full on discussion because we talk about this off the record. But to me, Julianne Huff is trying to start her own Tony Robbins situation, guru situation, and I just don't fucking buy it. Okay, you know, fuck it. I'm just going to say it. What really threw me off is let's not forget Julianne Huff did blackface like five years ago. Blackface. When she dressed up as crazy eyes from Orange is the New Black. Listen, I'm not perfect. None of us are perfect. But the fact of the matter is this is when I knew at that moment, full blackface. I remember seeing that come out and going, she must not only not be bright herself, but she must surround herself with tink tinkers. You know what I mean? absolute ramalama ding-dongs. Because I would hope if I was going to a party and I put on blackface, then one of my friends would be bright enough that I would surround myself with people who are bright enough. And like I said, not bone marrow bitches, good core salt of the earth, good people that would go, hey, you know what? Maybe we need to rethink this. Can somebody Google is blackface racially insensitive? Do you know what I mean? Like whether you were fucking clueless or not, like genuinely, I'm giving her the benefit of the doubt, whether you were absolutely fucking clueless, where you're like, I just really love this person. I would hope that somebody would go, maybe, maybe let's do a light Googler of, is this wrong or not? And listen, we all reinvent ourselves. We all have done asshole things. Fuck. I know I went to a sorority party dress up as a Native American. How many times? How many times? 12 years ago. We used to have like cowboys and Indians parties. Didn't think fucking twice about it. Ramalama ding dong on myself. But I've never changed the tone of my skin. 
I don't know. I'm not trying to get into this whole thing, but I just remember that was the catalyst for me with the Julianne Huff. So many of y'all have messaged me and been like, Heather, since you talked about it on your Asian trip, have you had a moment where you've like watched the Goop documentary where Julianne Huff does her energy work? And I did. And listen, if it works for you, great. But I got to be honest with you. I got to be honest with you though. To me, it seemed a little bit like a demonic possession. And I'm just saying that. It seemed like, why is there energy coming out of your butthole? It's Satan. And I'm embarrassed for him. When you don't allow that energy to come into your life, then God will put on a breastplate of armor. I'm wearing the armor of God. I don't need some man lurking with his fingers near my butthole unless his name's Jeff. And even then, not really my thing. You know what I mean? I'm sure I'll get to a point in my relationship where I'm like, Jeff, I need you to look at my butthole. Something's going on. We haven't gotten there yet. And baby, we're 10 years in. Let's transition to something positive. February 4th is my 10 year anniversary with Jeff. We're getting married this year. I'm so thrilled. I just have my love munchkin. I love him so much. Why did I get so heated and triggered on the one podcast review and then Julianne Huff and Blackface? I don't know why. I don't know why. We'll talk more about the Julianne Huff thing. Listen, I don't ever want to come off as mean-spirited, but as a comedian, I have to break these fucking things down. But there's just something about her that just seems totally disingenuous to me. It just seems like she's trying to pull one over, a fast one over us. And listen, again, we are all change people. We're all trying to move on. We're all trying to grow. We've all done fucked up shit in the past. Fuck, I'm a comedian. I'm sure I've said something shady. But the whole thing, I just, I was thrown off. When that whole thing came out with her before the butt demon, you know, when she dressed up as crazy guys, I remember just being like, who the fuck in her camp? Did nobody in her camp go, oh, this is not great? Or like, "Hmm, maybe let's rethink this. Even if you literally didn't even have a clue. If it was like 20 years ago, I'd be like, oh, fuck. I'm sure, you know, fuck. We were in such a different place in the world. Still fucked up. But I don't know why. I don't know why when I saw that and then I saw her on the Tony Robbins documentary and then I saw her doing this thing where she's fucking running around with Oprah, convincing people that it's Kinergy and to, you know, fucking shake their hips. I'm just like, if she's charging people for this, I'll be pissed. If she's not, then great. If it's a free public service, then go with God and live your truth and do the damn thing. But if it's not, I'm fucking annoyed. And that's a wrap on me, doggy. Anyways, 10 year anniversary with Jeff. Can't wait to see his little face tonight. And I'll tell you what, richly blessed. I feel great. We're going to get into more of the voicemails and all those things. I will be back in the studio next week. Hey, and I really mean this. Y'all, since I am back, please let me know who you want me to bring on the podcast. It's been hard to nail down guests because, well, I haven't been in one city for longer than 24 hours. But now that I'm going to be back in LA for a chunk and New York for a chunk, I can get people in the studios in both cities. So please let me know who you want me to bring on the podcast. I'm not bringing on anybody from Vanderpump Rules or like that, but like real genuine people. If there's upcoming comics you want me to interview, if there's other fun people in the industry, if there's a health guru, if there's somebody like, fuck, let me just bring on this Julianne Huff health guru and have him A to B, P to P, H to H, G to G, guru to guru, explain to me this bullshit. Honestly, no, I don't want to talk to him because if it's satanic and he has bad energy and bad intentions, I don't want to even entertain that demon. So on that note, let me know who you want me to bring on the podcast. Call into the hotline. Feels good to be back in LA. Speedballing at 6 a.m. But we've got it. This year's going to be great. We've got a lot going on. Be nice to one another. But you know what? P to P, if you see a bone marrow bitch, just stay away. Surround yourself with people who are funny and smart and who will call you out on your shit and that can equally take it, but who also have, you know, 
good core rooted values. Maybe the opposite of a bone marrow bitch. Maybe, oh, okay. If you have good, like if you're like that person has like a good heart, like the core, like their core is good. It's a bone marrow babe. Like, damn, she's a bone marrow babe. But if someone's bad, she's a bone marrow bitch. Goodbye. I love you. I mean, it will be back in the studio next week. I'm going to be bringing on more guests. Things are getting revving up. We're just getting started. It's 2020. And I know we got started off on a rocky start but this year's going to be lit and I'm so excited for the opportunities ahead. And thank you babies for being with me on this journey. I love you. I mean it. I will talk to you next week. Bye-bye. My bone marrow babies. Ciao, Bella. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate us, and leave a review. And as always, follow me on Instagram at Heather K. McMahon. See you guys soon.